Hello, and welcome to Fempreneur True Confessions Podcast. Welcome, everyone. We're so excited to have you here today. I'm Laura. I'm the owner of ODAA, a virtual agency. We are here to help small businesses grow and scale their business um, on the back end, doing administrative project management um, and virtual system work for you um, in small business and thriving and helping women just get it organized and help you keep growing. So we're here to help you out with Angelique. Awesome. And I'm Angelique with Lady Powerhouse Solutions. Uh, Lady Powerhouse Solutions is a heart-centered approach to offering project and event, man event management to women entrepreneurs who are on fire and lighten up the world with their passion and drive. And we help them achieve their mission in the most authentic way possible. Absolutely. So together, Angelique and I are Fempreneur True Confessions podcast. And our mission here is to empower women in business and in life to live authentically and support each other instead of competing with each other. Mm -hmm. um, understanding the mindset of abundance and just really understanding that women in business can be here for each other no matter what. So we also yeah. model this through our authenticity, through our business and personal relationships. So we empower other women to do the same and love to have conversations like this in yes. regards to how we can help each other. Right. And, and with other women that align with those same vision, mission and values. And so what we're trying to do is normalize the struggles, the, the challenges that female entrepreneurs face and share the lessons learned with the common goal of lifting other women up, never tearing them down, and to normalize what it looks like when women succeed at supporting each other, helping each other build up our confidence, and using our gifts and passions to fulfill our life's calling. So this is a place where we're looking to build, maintain, and grow a sisterhood that believes in an abundance mindset, sharing our challenges, and helping each other rise to our highest potential. We have an awesome, awesome guest with us today. Welcome. And we have Lauren with us today. And Laura Goldstein is founder and CEO of the award-winning and globally recognized business consulting firm, Golden Key Partnership. Her clients lovingly call her the biz doctor, which also happens to be the name of, um, which also happens to be the name of her podcast. Her superpower is helping seven-figure service-based entrepreneurs uncover what is keeping them um, a stuck, sorry, keeping them stuck in the trenches of their business so that they can have more freedom, impact, success, happier teams, and can breathe a much-needed sigh of relief. She's been featured in the Thrive Global, HuffPost, Authority Magazine, and is a trusted expert to Fortune 500 companies like Apple, Nike, and AT&T, among others. Um, for more from Laura, we will, um, at the end of the show, make sure that we give all the information on how to contact her for everyone. Welcome, Laura. Yeah, Lauren, so sorry. Welcome. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. It's good to be here. Awesome. So, you know, we, before the show, we always have these great conversations before and after, before we hit record, right? And we were talking about how so often we're the bottleneck in our own business. 
So what was your, your epiphany, your aha moment when you realized, oh, I'm the issue here. I'm the bottleneck. Hmm. Yeah, I think it was probably 2018 when uh, we had a record, record breaking year and I was the most unhappy, burned out person mm. ever. We were dropping things through the cracks. Um, I'd said yes to too many things and there really wasn't enough leverage in my business at that time where I could offload the stress and pressure um, to continue delivering world-class consulting and advising to my clients and also still keep my sanity. Yeah. So how, what was, what did that look like? Was it messy getting through fixing that and creating less of a bottleneck, we can't get rid of it. We know we can't get rid of it completely, but widening it, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it was messy emotionally, but I did probably the smartest thing that I've ever done. I remember it was a Friday afternoon and I just, I just hit my wall and was crying at my computer going, how the hell am I going to get out of this? You know, seriously considering burning down my whole business and wrapping up the clients I had and I don't know, going back to the medical field or something. And, um, I just closed my computer and I said, I just, I need a day. So I closed my computer, unplugged all of my technology, took the Saturday off, didn't talk to another single human being, slept, did laundry, cleaned because I find cleaning to be cathartic. <laughs> um, and felt like a whole new human being on Sunday. And that actually became one of the secrets to me being able to double my business without losing my shit. Sorry if this is a nope, nope. show and I just made it explicit. Nope. Um, but yeah, that, that change in rhythms and change in cadence actually gave me the ability to build a business without burning out. And it's one of the things that I, you know, work through with my clients and yeah, it, I, it was messy emotionally, but actually the solution was very simple. How did it feel? How did which part feel? All of it. All of it. Um, I think in the moment I was feeling very overwhelmed, but then when I could take a step back and take a breath, then I felt a tremendous amount of relief because at the end of the day, you only get the same 24 hours a day. Yeah. We're only here for a certain amount of time and there's no reason to run yourself into the ground. And so it was almost like I just finally gave myself permission to be a human being. Yeah. And the reason I ask why, how did you, how did it feel is because I think there are so many women that are probably in a really similar situation where they're kind of feeling burnt out and they don't understand why I started this business because I was supposed to, you know, have time freedom and, and financial independence and all of these things. And, you know, what we've learned, I think uh, a lot of us as entrepreneurs is that this working your own business and building your own empire, this is hard work. Yes. It's hard work. Mm -hmm. It's, it's very, very fulfilling but it's not necessarily easy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're emotional beings and we feel, especially I think women, we're just more empathic, more sympathetic, more empathetic. And I don't know about you, but, you know, when I've come to hit walls and I either had to grow or let go in certain things in my business, it was emotional. It was like, well, I don't want to let that person go or I don't want to you know, 
let that task go that I do because I, you know, it's my baby, it's my business. But there on the other side, like you said, there's this sense of relief, Mm -hmm. right? And um, more accomplishment. And you, like you said, you, you felt like a whole different person and that, you know, that can be short lived because then we can get ourselves back into the same rut again. So I guess my next question would be like, how did you fall? Did you fall back? Did you slip? Was it the three steps back, two steps forward thing Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. a while? Yeah. So I think that, you know, in you, you touched on something just now that I, that I kind of want to go back to about, um, you know, why, why do we feel like it's so hard to let go? And this, there's this mindset shift. And actually I just, um, I just was talking about this today, um, for my, my newsletter, but the biggest thing between you and true entrepreneurial freedom is the six inches, three pound thing between your ears. And that's your brain and the mindset of you are not your business because so often we start our business, we're doing it to solve a problem and we're just going, going, going. And we don't actually think about the life that the business is creating and how to build a life, a, you know, a business around your life instead of trying to stuff your life around your business. And when I look at, you know, I'm, I primarily work with very busy, very successful service-based entrepreneurs that are used to delivering the service. And when you take a step back and you realize that, yes, you are an expert, but you're, but you're not the only one that can do it. It gives you this, what I call entrepreneurial existential crisis of like, who am I? And if you know that it's coming, then you can actually be forearmed and forewarned to actually not let it stop you in your tracks and keep you stuck. Because the truth is we are not our business. Even though anytime somebody says, who are you? Tell me about you. The first thing we say is, oh, I'm a founder. Oh, I'm an owner. Oh, I own this business. But in reality, that's not who you are. Mm -hmm. But so often when we're in the build stage of a business, and I mean, I think that's why they wrote the e-myth, right? It's not about golfing all day or vacations or this and that in your first few years, the first few years, it's a build. And, um, and so if you know that going in, but you build your business around what you actually want, whether it's a lifestyle business or a legacy business, you are much better equipped to actually be able to let go of control because you're not so emotionally attached to it. And your identity isn't completely wrapped wrapped around, um, your business. Yeah. 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 So I, I wanted to touch on that really quick and then, um, remind me of the question that you asked right before I went off on my tangent. I don't remember. <laughs> you don't I remember? go with the flow, man. Okay. I don't have okay. these prescript. I mean, I have a um, few questions, yeah. but oh, Laura, I remember. do you I, remember? I remember it was, you asked me what happened. Did it go one step forward, two steps back? Yeah. How did I fall? How did I, how did it fall back together? So, um, I actually did the second thing that really exponentially changed my business um, during this time of great pause on a Saturday is I got really clear on what the heck I actually liked doing in my business and wanted to offer my clients. And at that point, I'd had my business for, I want to say eight years. So we had a lot of what I call business barnacles. We had things that we had said yes to over the years, but then you know, as we'd grown, as we shifted, maybe felt less and less aligned. 
So I took some time and went from us being, let's say, a mile wide and an inch deep to a mile deep and an inch wide. And I killed all of my darlings and said, we're only going to focus on these things. We're only going to focus on what actually I really love doing, which is our diagnostic deep dive advising or fractional COO work. And that was it. Mm -hmm. And that gave me another sense of tremendous relief. And it, I mean, you could say it took me two steps back, but really what it did is it quantum leaped me forward. It might look like we took two steps back, but it, it opened up space and time and energy and focus um, and ferability and clarity. And so it hands down was one of the best things I could have done is to take a breath and say, what the heck are we doing here? Yeah. This can't continue. It's not sustainable. It's not scalable something's got to change. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you, sorry about that. mentioned the, the scalability thing because, um, what you talk about the differences between growth and scaling. Mm -hmm. And so how did you get to that understanding? Did you go through something within your business or was it just a process of, of working with the clients? Um, a little bit, a little bit of both, but I mean, I've been doing this twelve years. I've worked with hundreds of hundreds of businesses, and I think where people get shot in the foot is they use growth and scalability interchangeably. Yeah, and they're like, "I'm just going to scale my business," when really what they're looking to do is grow. So, in my professional opinion, growing a business is where you're consistently adding to um, your team, your operations, you're investing in the business, which generally translates to your expenses and your revenue are enough photo finish every month. You're profitable, but your profitability isn't really growing. Where scalability, so in growth stage, you're still proving your process, proving your product, perfecting systems. Where scalability is you have that proven process, proven product, predictability, profit margins are starting to grow a little bit because you're, you're doing more with the same amount of resources. And where a lot of people get into trouble is they try to scale too early before they have that proven process, product, yeah. and predictability of revenue. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. And I think mm-hmm. that's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is used interchangeably. And I think that a lot of the struggles that people have with scaling is because they're, they didn't do the growth mm-hmm. first. And like you said. Yeah you know, just like in mathematics, you proof the mm-hmm. equations, right? You have to yeah. proof your processes. And mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what was the other question? It was around the growth versus scaling. No, it was something you said when you were talking about building mm-hmm. and what I was visualizing in my mind was because I worked in construction for many years and Mm -hmm. um, there are processes that you can apply to construction projects that are, you know, basically the same process, even though the the project itself may be different. So Mm -hmm. residential versus commercial, for instance. Um, And those processes, once they, they're built and they work, then you can apply them across 
And I think IT probably project management processes is, are probably the one of the few that are very, very niche. Like you can't mm-hmm. take a an IT project and just go, okay, well, apply this process to this thing if it's not IT, right? Because mm-hmm. it's so specific. And then the other thing was um, when you're building a home. And it's so much fun to plan, to pick out the carpet and the tile and the flooring and the wall colors and mm-hmm. the furniture and all the things. The That's the planning. <laughs> but the actual building mm-hmm. is when the rubber meets the road, so to speak. And that's the part I, people, I think too, people think, oh, planning is building. No, planning is planning and building is this work. Yeah. Building's work. <laughs> it's work. Like if you're building a house, you're out there outside sweating your balls off right. um, building walls, building structure, yep. building foundation before mm-hmm. you start putting the lamps in. Okay. You can't yeah. put the lamp in there until there's four walls, you know, it won't do any good. It's just going to get broken because, you know, construction men are kind of, you know, bull in a China shop kind of thing Yeah, as an analogy. Right. You yeah. Know? Well, I, I love that analogy because I actually use a very similar analogy with building a house when I talk about operations. So when you're looking at the flow of your business, especially when it comes to profitability, team, operations, et cetera, if you think of them like the plumbing and electric in your house, like you're not going to test it out when everything's done, when drywall's up, when it's decorated, like you're not going to say, oh, I, I hope the I hope the water turns on or I hope this light works. It's not That's not how it works. You want to test it out, experiment get the flow moving, you know, make sure all the kinks are worked out before you build the true operational process and structure. Because I see a lot of first time or early stage entrepreneurs over optimize or rather over leverage their business with too much team or too much operations Mm. when they need more agility. So Mm. if you're, if you're, you know, in the first two years, you're going to have systems and processes, but they're probably going to be pretty flexible and change a lot because you want to make sure that you're perfecting the process as you go mm-hmm. versus more established businesses are still living, breathing things, but they have less change in their processes because they've had that proven process, that proven product, etc. And so oftentimes when I'm talking to a group of newer entrepreneurs, I say, you know, you got to do a lot of this stuff up front on your own before you start bringing in all of this tech or people or whatnot, because you'll end up spending a lot of time and energy when you don't even have the plans of your house done yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it, it makes a lot of sense because I think new business owners come in with a thought of what business is really going to be like and small business owners as they slowly start to see and then thinking of skipping over things. And I'm like, mm, the things you're skipping mm-hmm. right now are some of the most, those are foundational. Like that's the most important things. You don't want to skip those. And I, you know, the, 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 I understand wanting to, but yeah, that's where all that work comes in. And 
when you talk to new business owners and you're like, well, you know, the first two years can look like a crazy hot mess for a second for a reason. Like it's coming at you pretty hard and fast. So, and they, you know, there's an understanding there once you've gotten past a certain point, you're like, okay, I can now see some repetitive stuff. Let's do this and, you know, and, and be willing to bend with that. So, but I find construction building is messy. Oh yeah. It's messy. There's, there's, you know, scraps, there's, um, you know, cuts that were the wrong cut or, you know, the wrong length or, you know, even when I was, um, doing commercial properties there, you know, it's messy. Mm -hmm. Drywall, it's messy, you know? Um, and I don't think a business, even a virtual business, cause I had a brick and mortar. I, I don't think a virtual business is all that different. No, there's not a big fancy building to worry about, but you still have the building of the infrastructure and the processes and the team, however small that, you know, is, it can be messy because if you hire the wrong team member and then you have to let them go, that, that can be messy. You know, um, there was, I had a thought and it escaped me, but, um, I want to open it up to you, Lauren, because you are a plethora of experience and knowledge. And, and um, you know, sometimes I wish we had um, the ability for people just to like call in. You know, now I know why the radio shows used to do that because it's so dynamic and it gives people like the ability to ask questions and things like that. So mm-hmm. I just want to open up to you and ask you, uh, what some of the most valuable lessons you've learned during your business journey as an entrepreneur, and then you can share as, as, as few or as many as you'd like. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you say that I actually hold open office hours a few times a month to let people just come and pick my COO brain. Um, so during, during my journey, I'd say there's two, maybe three things that you know, hindsight makes very clear. Um, The first is really understanding who you're bringing in as your first hire. So I do hiring for a living, but, um, well, not for a living, but it's part of my fractional COO work is building teams. Um, And in my advising, making sure you have the right team for you. So something that I did in my first um, in my first hire was I accidentally hired a worker bee because nobody had taught me differently. Mm-hmm. And so I just needed someone to help me with various tasks to get me out of the weeds. But what ends up happening when you don't know the difference between a worker bee and a player is worker bees actually make you do two people's jobs, your job, and then the job of trying to figure out what they need to do versus yeah. a player. They come with a plan. They're very project oriented. They actually give you time back and players create profit, whereas worker bees create stress and expense. Yeah. And so that would have been my first golden nugget, if you will, is to get really clear, not on the tasks that they need to take off your plate, but what is going to make the biggest difference in your life and go hire somebody to do that. You know, whether it's sales, whether it's marketing, it's customer relationships, Maybe you need somebody to do your bookkeeping. I don't know. Um, But when you get clear on 
what's going to free up your time the most and make the biggest impact in the business rather than just taking some, you know, management minutia off your plate. Um, you'll get much farther, much faster. Uh, the second one, which I actually I talk a lot about with my clients, is if you start with the end in mind with your business, you will be set up for success way more than anyone else. So over 80% of business owners have never thought about what life looks like when they exit their business. And you will exit your business at some point. It just might not be on your terms. And an exit could be something as simple as you retire, or it could be something as catastrophic as the five Ds, you know, death, divorce. um, I'm trying to think of them off my head. So death, divorce, um, distress, disagreement. I can't think of the fifth one. Anyway, the point is that everybody exits at some point. But if you Mm -hmm. think about, you know, how can my business interact without me being the bottleneck or me being the person that's driving it and treat it like a saleable asset from day one, you'll be ahead of the game. Um, Because if you, whether you're building a lifestyle or a legacy business, those are two very different animals, but they still operate the same way at exit. Um, And so that, that would be my second nugget is really think about how can you build a business that's not solely determinant around you because that's going to help you not only make a bigger impact, you'll make more profitability and you can have more vacations, which is I think what a lot of people yeah, get yeah. into entrepreneurship about is like having more fun um, and vacations and not having somebody tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third thing is um, know thyself and be very, very, very clear about what you say no to because your business will grow in proportion to how much you say no to because if you start saying yes to things that really are a no whether it's a client whether it's a service whether it's a I don't know a philanthropy you're taking away time from other things so just having the discernment about what's a yes and what's a no is going to get you much farther much faster and give you a lot more flexibility over your time and your schedule. And it feels counterintuitive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that your business will grow in proportion to what you say no to. It sounds like an oxymoron. It's not. It's not. I love it. And I especially love what you said the first time, because that's exactly what I do with clients is you're going to, you know, if they say that, you know, I need to hire somebody to, to help me in my business. Oh, okay. What do you need help with? Well, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And they really have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have them do a, a, basically an inventory of what do you do all day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And identify what role could do that job besides you and which ones you mm-hmm. absolutely have to do. Mm-hmm. And then whichever one has the most tasks, whichever role, then theoretically that's the person you should hire. But I'm with you because many times people will hire a general VA um, or even a specialized VA, like somebody who's, who is an expert in email and calendar manage, management because they, they just feel like that's all they do all day long. Um, when in fact, you know, like you said, a player, I call them a planner, but somebody who can do project management. So a project manager is really somebody who can think for themselves and step in and kind of 
see the big picture and, and eventually be the person. That's what I did. I, first thing I did was hire a senior project manager mm-hmm. yeah. um, because I know, and she's my, she's the, the co-signer on my bank accounts. If I get hit by a bus, she knows how to run my business. Um, even if it's just so my kids can sell it off, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, she's, she's, she's my person. Yeah. Um, and it's I think important. it's important to have that kind of person. And, you know, we do something very similar called a task transition where we look at buckets and what are like energies because you know what I heard me when I say this, I unicorns heard, do not we exist. Look at buckets. <laughs> like what can we just fuck it? Oh, forget about that. Fuck it. But no, you said bucket with a B. I said, yes, yes, yes. What you, yes, bucket. Um, oh my goodness. That's really funny. Maybe I should call it buckets. I don't know. But um, if you take nothing else from this, this interview, unicorns do not exist. Stop hiring OBMs. Stop hiring basic VAs because they're not going to prioritize the same things you are because everyone has unique talents and skill sets that they will do things that align with that and deprioritize other things that don't. And so do the task transition. We have a scorecard that we use with all of our clients that's basically your dashboard of the role and it helps you think through why are you actually hiring this person? What problem are they solving? Who are they in their DNA that's going to make them successful? What are they actually held accountable to? What is the mission of the role? Et cetera, et cetera. So that you actually hire the right person because it takes on average a hundred hours to hire someone. That's with the finding wow. them. That's with the training them. That's the first 90 days. That's your team's time. Wow. And if they don't make it to a year, it's something like 30% of their first year salary is just out the window. So mm-hmm. I think the average is $14,000 each Dang. bad hire. So not to mention how it impacts the business and unsettles that. So really be thoughtful and proactive with your hiring. Yeah. I'm working with a business right now that that's, it's kind of what happened. You know, they didn't hire the right people and it, it didn't work out well for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're, we're getting them right on the, on the right, you know, road uh, but I love that. And so you're, and you had mentioned before that the scorecards on your website, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. So we definitely will drop a link for the website, go out there, check out the scorecard um, and uh, see, you know, see where you're at with it. Mm-hmm. I might even try that. Yeah. You know, it's never, you know, a bad idea to reevaluate, to, to try other people's, you know, processes or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the years of experience that you have is different than what I've done. And so you're going to have a different take on things that might be better than mine. And I could benefit from that. Yeah. You never know. I mean, I have a scorecard. Every company that I come in as fractional COO gets a scorecard. Every diagnostic I do, they use the scorecard. Mm-hmm. Like the, t- the team at Nike at McDonald's, like, They've, they've all seen it, utilized it. Um, like it's, it's something that just really takes the guesswork out of it and helps you manage better and also, you know, make your next hire your best hire because you have clarity and get the most out of your current team. So 
It's a very valuable resource. It's one of our most downloaded resources. I bet. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's amazing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, any last thoughts that you want to throw out there, Lauren? Any last thoughts? Hmm. Let me, let me, let me think if I have any last thoughts. I would say that, you know, since I'm already in your ears, if you're intrigued by what I've shared or want to know more about how I think about business and setting yourself up right, I do have a podcast called the Biz Doctor Podcast. And we, I talk about all things operations, teams. Thank you. Um, Leadership mindset, um, productivity. So it's, it's really designed to help you help yourself and get out from underneath the business, um, which is very fun. And then I would say my last, my last little nugget is um, ask yourself this question. If you were to sell your business tomorrow, would you buy it? Ooh, that's a that's good, a good question. question. Yeah. I love I think it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a great question because it, it helps you get clarity on like, if I'm putting my hard-earned money on the line to buy a business, would I buy my business? Mm-hmm. Um, and if the answer is no, then you got some work to do. And I think that's a great question, but it also applies. So like I'm in my, I'm in my mind, it's, it's rolling around already because one of the businesses I'm working with has a commercial property that they're leasing out. Mm-hmm. And I have this dream of starting a certain kind of business. And, you know, I look at the property because she's like, do you want to walk through? And I'm like, sure. You know, so we walk through the property and, and I'm just like, well, if I had this building, I do this and this and this and this, but we don't stop to think is that, would I buy that business? And, Mm -hmm. or is it in demand here? Like, mm-hmm. is it going to fly or is it going to flop? Um, yep. Is the demographic there to, to utilize that business, you know, um, and all those good things? Because I don't know about anybody else, but I'm so guilty of coming up with all these wonderful ideas <laughs> and, um, and just starting them and just doing oh. it. Yeah. And, um, and maybe, you know, they don't, cost tens of thousands of dollars, you know, but, you know, I don't always think before I leap mm-hmm. or look before I leap. Um, Do you want a so tip? Do you want a tip that. for that? Yes. Okay. So I work with mostly creative uh, business owners and as fractional COO, I'm kind of like the string on their balloon and sometimes goalie to their team to stop getting them to be seagull leaders where they fly in shit all over the team and fly away with like a new idea. It's very fun. I like that. Uh, So what I do with a lot of my creative entrepreneurs, because here's the thing, guys, if you have shiny object syndrome, don't, don't beat yourself up over it and don't feel like you need to stop it. You just need to harness it in the right way because you're creative for a reason. And there, there are, eight different types of business owners, which is something that we talk about with our clients. And some are very creative what people. So those are the project people. Those are the Elon Musks of the world. Um, so if you suffer from shiny object syndrome as a CEO, business owner, entrepreneur, you just need an idea icebox and a triage helper. 
So what that means is what my clients do, what I teach them to do is I don't care where you put your ideas. Everybody does it a little bit differently. Some do it in voice notes. Some do it in Apple notes. Some do it in ClickUp. Some do it in Google Docs. Some send Post-it text notes. in Slack. Exactly. <laughs> However you do it, it's totally fine. You just need somebody to take that and triage it. So this is a great idea. This is in the do pile, but it's not a do right now. So it's actually going to go from do to defer. Or, oh, this is actually a good idea, but you don't need to be doing this. Let's delegate it to somebody else. They can do it. Or the delete of, oh, it just needed to get out of your brain. It's out now. This is yeah. so unrelated <laughs> to your business and your vision. We're going to just put that in the recycle bin. And so when you have, it's part of the Eisenhower matrix of the do, yes. delegate, defer, delete. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have somebody, and this is the key, you can't do that. You have to have somebody who's not you triage it so that you don't get so emotionally attached to your ideas that you're like, it's a great idea. Come on. Why can't you see it? And in reality, it's a terrible idea that's going to derail the team for weeks. And then you'll be mad that they got derailed and we're behind. And anyway, so you need somebody who's unbiased, unemotional to say, this is, this was a, this was a great idea, but it is not aligned. Or this is a great idea. Let's slot it in for Q4. Or this is a great idea. Somebody else gets to do it beside you. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's great. And that's great advice. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) I'm not too terribly guilty at it because I'm too pragmatic. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, you know, but uh, there have been times that that I've I've just like, you know what? I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do this. And then unfortunately, fortunately, not unfortunately, but fortunately, it's, it's not ever quite blown up in my face, uh, mm-hmm. too, too badly. So yes, 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 this is true. You know what? As I've gotten older, I think I'm less, I'm doing that less and less and less because, um, you know, you just, you know, that you can't just leap into things like physically or mentally like you used to. Um, so yeah, I love it. That is, that is great advice. Great advice. Thanks. Well, thank you for being with us today. Mm -hmm. It's been fantastic at the time flew. I mean, it's already been almost 40 minutes. Um, (laughs) and, uh, you know, we try to keep the podcast fairly succinct. So, uh, Thank you. Thank you for being with us today and sharing your expertise and your experiences. And we hope that our audience has gleaned something valuable. I I can't imagine you haven't, but um, do uh, stay tuned. We're back next week where we shifted our schedule. So we used to be on Tuesday afternoons. Now we're doing Wednesday evenings for our lives. So um, bear with us as we're transitioning. Also. Um, be sure to get on our mailing list because we do send out a preview uh, sneak peeks for our upcoming guests and also a recap from the past month of this, these kinds of things, these wonderful things, the mm-hmm. websites and resources and all of that stuff. So thank you for being with us today. Thank thanks you. so much for having me. I appreciate. Yeah. Thanks. Sorry, Lauren. All right, guys. Bye. We'll see you. See you next time. Bye. <laughs> It's shopping.